Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. All relationships are fragile. That includes the relationship with God. And I have two observations. I'll give them to you as we're kind of going along here. The first one is this. The concept doesn't even enter our minds, just to be honest with you. The concept doesn't even enter our minds concerning the whole issue about whether or not we can disappoint God. I mean, to be honest with you, we almost have this attitude like, well, you know, he's, he's a big guy. Can he handle it? That's our attitude. But the reality is, is that he, God is disappointed by us. We can't hurt him in our relationship. That, that, that probably shocks you. In fact, you have hurt him before. When? The physical pain that he felt when he was on the cross for you. The suffering that he endured for you. You can hurt God. Period. Now, that's a concept that's totally foreign to us. And it's a concept that, we, that doesn't even enter our minds, that as we go about our daily lives and we do the stuff we do, and we do mess up, right? Does everybody recognize we all mess up, right? We all sin. We readily go, and, we, and, and here's what we do. Please forgive me. Give me another chance. But as far as a, a concept of, that where it's like, oh, I hurt God. I hurt my relationship with it. That doesn't enter into our minds. We just progress right right on. We just pick ourselves up and we go on. That's the first observation I have. The second one is this. We think of sin in terms of ourselves and others. That's the next point there. We think of sin in terms of ourselves and others. What do I mean by that? Well, usually here's what happens. Because a lot of you will think, well, you know, I'm not worth anything to God because I messed up. And Well, you know what? You're just, you're, having a, you're just thinking about yourself. You're thinking about the ramifications of what you've done in terms of yourself. Or you're thinking about the ramifications of what you've done in terms of other human beings. That's usually the two lines of thinking in our minds. We think about it in terms of ourselves. Even when we think about God, we think about it in terms of what it means for us. Or we think about it in terms of others around us. And even then, it's always focused on us, isn't it? Well, I hurt my wife. What does that mean? Well, I don't sleep on the couch. You know what I'm saying? Is this, is this the reality of it? We don't think in terms of what our sin does for our relationship. It doesn't enter our mind. We, because we've got that blanket thing of forgiveness, we think it's okay. But I'm going to be honest with you folks. For myself and for you, we've got to grasp this point. I've got to grasp this point. There are consequences when we do something wrong. Period. And the consequences affect not only myself, it doesn't affect not just my relationship with others, either immediately or, or, or on a peripheral level. It also affects my relationship with God. I can disappoint God. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about disappointing God and that we need to wake up to the reality that we can do that. Do you know what I'm saying? Have you ever met somebody who is like a bull in a china shop? 
who uh, is just so insensitive to people around them. I mean, they'll say things, they'll do things, and, and they'll hurt people around them, and they just kind of like have no clue. They don't care. How many of you know somebody like that? You know I know somebody like that? I know somebody like that. Do you like hanging around somebody like that? Especially if they're a family member. Holy moly, no. You don't want to be around anybody like that, you know? Because they, they're like oblivious. They don't care. Listen, folks, we're the same way. We're living the same way when it comes to God. And specifically in two areas. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at two passages in Scripture today. I have you turned already to Ephesians 4, but we're also going to turn over to 1 Thessalonians 5. But we're going to look at it with regards to disappointing God in your life. We're going to look at that today in Ephesians. And then we're going to look at the issue of disappointing God as a church. Because the Apostle Paul, in two different verses, very briefly in both verses makes a point that it's possible for you and I to disappoint God. The first one we find in Ephesians chapter 4. Look with me at verse 30, and look at what he says. Some of you are familiar with this passage, so we'll just go ahead and and look at what it says here. And he says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So right after that, he's going to talk about my disappointing God personally. In my life. He's saying, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. What's he, what's he saying here? First of all, I need to recognize, first thing I want you to notice here, is I need to recognize that the Holy Spirit is a person. I need to recognize that the Holy Spirit is a person. So I'm not talking about some abstract concept. I'm not talking about a force. I'm talking about a person with a personality. And this scripture very clearly says that while he is God, I can grieve him. I can disappoint him. So he's a person. I'm dealing with a greater reality. In fact, I was created in God's image. God's not created in my image. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you think about you being created in his image, what did he give you, folks? He gave you what? Emotions. Do you understand? Emotions. Like, So what do you mean by that, George? Well, you, know, you don't need to turn there, but if you go over to 1 Samuel chapter 16... I think it's verse 35, maybe a little bit further down. It talks about the rejection of Saul, and it talks about that God was sorry for having chosen Saul. That God was grieved for having chosen Saul. Wow. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? God expresses disappointment. He's a person. So recognize that the Holy Spirit's a person. You've got to grasp that. Now, here's, here's what I want you to see. The second thing we see there in verse 30 is this. He can be disappointed by the way that we live. He can be disappointed by the way that we live. Period. We say, well, God loves me. Yes, let me explain something to you. Disappointment does not mean a lack of love. Does everybody understand that? You may want to write that down. Disappointment does not mean a lack of love. What do you mean? So, I'm a parent. How many parents do we have here? If you're a parent, raise your hand. Okay? Let me ask you, parents. Are there times that your children disappoint you? Yes? Right? Does that change your love? I didn't hear you. I mean, you shouldn't be saying that because that's what you say to them, Right? I mean, it should be. I mean, somebody said, yes, we've got to come come talk to me. Okay? Things ain't right. The reality is, is that, listen, here's what I want you to understand. 
It doesn't change His love. It's never going to change His love. But He, the, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, Jesus, can be disappointed by the way that you live your life. You need to grasp the reality of that. You can grieve Him by the way that you live your life. You can grieve Him by the way that you treat other people. You can grieve Him by the actions that you do. Your self-centeredness. Other actions. Stealing. Lying. Lying. Yeah. I'm not just talking little big lies. White lies, too. Little bitty lies. You know, like little lies like, tell them I'm not here. You know, how many know what I'm talking about, you know? Before call display. If it's so-and-so, tell them I'm not here. You know? But that disappoints God. Because He wants so much more for us. Do you understand? Like when you're disappointed with your children, what's the big issue? You want so much more for them, right? He can be disappointed by the way that we live. Folks, He is disappointed by the way that we live. When we reject Him, when He tells us to do something. I mean, we can all relate to that. We can all relate to it. Here's, here's the other point. Here's what, look, look at verse 30. Let's read it together. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it out, what, what he's trying to say here. Verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He sealed you. In fact, let me help you understand what's going on here. Let's go flip back just to chapter 1. Look with me at verse 13 and 14. Verse 13. In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the what? Holy Spirit of promise. Look at verse 14. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchase possession to the praise of his glory. What's he trying to say here? Here's what I want you to see. He's saying, don't grieve the Holy Spirit because he's with you. He's the seal. He's in within you. What's the point? You're sitting in the presence of the Spirit. Now, for most of us, that never enters our mind. For some of you, until right now, you had no clue. But I want to help you to understand what it means I'm talking about. I want you to think back in your life. Think back to the one thing that you did that was wrong, that you regret, that haunts you. Think back. Some of you, you don't have to think very long. It just, it's right there. Tell me something. Would you want your loved one with you when you did that? Anybody? No. No, not at all, right? Would you want your grandmama there? I already tell you, she doesn't want to be there. See, when, when we think in terms of that... Like, I would never do that in their presence. You know what I'm saying? If we, if, if we had a, if we had the capability, we don't, thankfully, to just pop up on the screen your bad moment, would that embarrass you? You'd be like, I ain't coming back ever again. I can't believe they did that to me. Well, I want you to think of it this way. If you were a believer in Jesus Christ, there was someone with you. The Spirit of God. Now, do you understand what he's saying? He's saying here, don't grieve the Spirit. You're sinning in His presence. Do you understand what I'm saying? In fact, Paul would say this in Corinthians. He would talk about, 
You can't join, some of the Corinthians were involved in the temple rituals with the prostitutes. And he says, you can't join Christ to a harlot. The implication is, is that when they engaged in the sexual immorality, they were engaging Jesus in that. That would just blow our mind, like, wow, yeah, you're right, you can't do that. Folks, that's what you're doing every time you sin. The Spirit of God is within you. You're joining him in to that sin. You can't do it. He's saying, don't grieve him. Don't disappoint him. Now we're talking serious, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? Because when we think about, listen to me, when we think about the junk in our lives, it's, it's, a lot of it is secret. We don't tell anybody else about it. We carry it ourselves. We're defeated by it. We want to overcome it. But the concept that somebody else is involved or that we've involved, that just blows our mind. It should. Because you're not hiding it. You know what I mean? Nothing is hidden. Why do you think Jesus says these things in the gospel? That in that day all things will be revealed? What's hidden will be exposed by the light? How do you think he says that? I can tell you one reason he says that. Because he already knows what they are. Man, that should cause me to get what? Serious, right? But here's the thing, for you and I, because I'm not talking down to you. Does everybody understand? I, I'm right here with you, okay? Because when we talk about these issues, I'm a human being too. You're a human being. Okay, does everybody understand? We got that? So for all of us, including myself, this is not a thought that we have on a daily basis. But can I tell you something? It's a thought that we should have, right? You know what I mean? I mean, think about it. When you were a little kid and you were doing your own thing, and, and you were getting in trouble, if you knew that Mama was watching, would you do it? Would you do it? I tell you right now, this boy didn't do it. Why? Because I was afraid of what might happen if I got seen doing what I was doing. Do you know what I mean? we got to have a little bit more of a sense of that, that, yeah, God is a spirit, the Holy Spirit is a spirit, but He's with us. And you're not alone. So when you're sinning, you're sitting in his presence. That should grasp us. That should grasp us. Here's the other area. Now turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. We're going to look at the next area of how we can disappoint God. And again, another brief verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In fact, it's just a simple verse. Here's what he says. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. Now, in light of the instructions, especially the next instruction where he says, do not despise the prophecies, Paul is giving some instructions here about our life and what we do and how it affects the church. The church. So here's what I want you to see. Some three things I want you to grasp here. Three things I want you to grasp here. First of all, you need to understand this. Our sin affects the church. Our sin affects the church. Again, we don't have this concept, but we need to. If, if you and I sin, and if we're not in a right relationship, we're part of a body with other believers, that affects the church. That affects the church. I mean, I'm, some, I mean I've, I've been saved, I've told you, 28 years now. Some of you have been in church a whole lot longer than me. But you, how many of you can remember... What, when you have a self-centered, somebody who's always wanting what they want, they want, they want, how many of you have seen that where that has affected the church negatively? 
Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Sin affects the church. An Old Testament example of that would be found in the book of Joshua. Remember when Joshua, after they took took Jericho, they're getting ready to go up to Ai, and they can't take Ai. In fact, they get the they get their they get their the rear ends whooped there, and they're like they can't figure out why. And and here it's revealed that somebody sinned. One guy named Achan took some stuff he shouldn't have taken, and it resulted in the whole nation being defeated and people being killed because of one guy. See, we've got to come to the reality that when we sin, it's not just me and my sin. Sin affects everything. It affects myself. It affects my family. It affects my friends. Folks, it affects the church. So now we come to verse 19, and he says this, Do not quench the Spirit of God. Here's the second point I want you to see. We can smother the Spirit's work. The word quench there also means to smother. It has to do with putting out a flame. Do you know what I'm saying? In my backyard, whenever we have folks over, and sometimes we invite you guys to come over, and we'll have these uh, these little tiki sticks with the can of uh, citronella, supposed to get rid of the, I think it's actually attractant, you know, supposed to get rid of the bugs, but the bugs come anyhow, you know, and it, it's got the flame there, and it burns through the night, and then it's got this cap, Okay, that at the end of the night, you know, I go over and I take this cap and I put it on the wick to what? Smother it. Now, have you noticed sometimes if you take it off too quick, it'll what? Just flame back up? This is the point he's making here. The word quenches is do not smother. So the way you could translate this verse is do not smother the Holy Spirit. And he's talking about with reference to what God is doing in a church. So let's back up now. This is getting serious now, isn't it? My sin can affect the church. Here's how it can affect the church. This is the implication of the verse. My sin can smother the Spirit's work in a church. Do you realize that? My sin, your sin, can smother the Spirit's work in a church. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like sometimes you walk into a church and you're like, man... Boy, it's a nice church, nice building and stuff, but boy, it's just dead in here. Just dead. How many of you have ever been in a church and just felt like it was dead? I've been in churches like that. Been in big churches like that. Can I tell you what kills it? Sin. It smothers the freedom of the Holy Spirit in the church. It smothers the ability of the Spirit of God to work in ways that He wants to work in a church. And this is what He's saying to them. Don't smother the Holy Spirit and His work in the church. Your sin does that. See, we've got to get to the place where we start again realizing it's not just my little thing. It's not just my habit. It's not just my my little whatever pet, whatever problem I got. It's not my character flaw, whatever we want to call it. It's sin. And it affects things. And not only does it affect myself and disappoint God in my own life, it affects the church. It affects it in a big way. In a big way. Here's the other thing I want you to see. When we talk about quenching the Holy Spirit, here's what's going on here. Here's what we're doing. We can refuse to yield to the Spirit's leading. You know, I've I've been here in a couple weeks. I will officially be the pastor here 12 years. But I've actually been with you folks a little over 12 years because I 
first preached here in December of uh, 2000, but I officially became your preacher in 2001. So I've been here 12 years. I've been in ministry over 20 years. And here's what I've, I've, I've realized. That the Spirit of God works in a church, and he's guiding a church to move in a direction that he wants it to move. That was happening before I came here. Long before I came here. That will happen after I'm gone. You understand? The Spirit is moving the church in a direction. He's leading the church. Now the problem is, is when we sin, we are, we are adopting a mentality that says, I know better. In that area of my life, I know better. And we can refuse to yield to the Spirit's leading. That's quenching the Spirit, folks. That's smothering His work. When we adopt a mentality, when I adopt a mentality, when, when, a church, when folks in a church adopt a mentality that, that they know better, that smothers the church. That smothers the church. That's serious, isn't it? So when we talk about disappointing God, we're really talking about something very serious. It's a concept that we need to grasp, is that when, when I do wrong, it affects not only my life, but it affects everybody else. And I need to quit viewing it in terms of myself. I need to start thinking of it in terms of God. Because here's the reality that you've got to grasp. You may want to write this one down. My sin put Jesus on the cross. Put some stars by that one. My sin put Jesus on the cross. You know, if you don't leave here with anything today, you've got to leave here with that thought in your mind, because that will radically change you if you think about it and meditate on it. The stuff that you do wrong, intentional, not intentional, that put Jesus on the cross. That would make you serious, wouldn't it? Folks, it's like God saying to us, Don't you know I died for you? It gave you freedom to say no? That put my son on the cross? Why would you do that? I'm disappointed in you. See, that's what we've got to grasp. That's the reality of what we've got to grasp. Here's some thoughts for you as we close this time. Here's the first question. I guess it's, it's really profound. It's for you and for myself. So when I give you these things, I'm not talking to you like I got it together. I don't have it together. But here's the first one. Are you serious about your sin? Are you serious? I'm not just talking about... I'm not just talking about do you acknowledge your sin because a lot of us can sit here and say, oh yeah, I know, i got some problems. Yeah, I'm not doing right in this area. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I need to work on that one. Yep, yep. And we can acknowledge things all day long. But are you serious about it? Kind of reminds me of a cartoon I saw one time in a magazine. You remember the story? I don't know if they teach this in school anymore, but remember the story... 
George Washington chopped down a cherry tree, could not lie, told his dad. Remember that one? Okay. I mean, remember that from school, okay? I, I remember that. Do they, do they teach that anymore? Okay. Do they teach it anymore? Well, maybe not. Well, that's what they used to teach. Okay. Well, here's the cartoon. It showed four or five trees chopped down. And this guy sitting there looking at his son, George, with a little hatchet in his hand. And he says, I know, George. I know, George. You cannot tell a lie. You chopped a tree down. But stop chopping them down. This is the point I'm talking to you about. Are you serious about your sin? It's one thing to acknowledge, but God's saying, okay, are you going to stop? I've given you the ability. Are you going to stop? That's the issue. Here's the second thing. Recognize that it impacts your relationship with God. Some of you would be here, some maybe would say, you know, I haven't heard God. God hasn't answered my prayers. God hasn't been talking to me. You know what? Maybe it's because there's something in your life that needs to change. What do you mean? Well, Psalm 66, if you regard iniquity in your heart, he will not hear you. Maybe it's because... You don't have a great relationship with your spouse. Peter says this, you know, love your wives, treat them a certain way, and if you don't, he won't hear you. See, recognize that it impacts your relationship with God. And I'll be honest with you, you don't need to sit and say, you know, I'm going to take the afternoon and try to figure out what it is that's impacted my relationship with God. Now, you don't need to do that. It's going to come quickly. If you're not right with Him, I can almost guarantee you, you don't need to sit around and ponder what it is. He'll show you what it is quickly. And you're like, oh, yeah, uh, oh, that one. I didn't think you realized that. Oh, you were there. Oh, I didn't know that. I, well, I guess that would be true. Recognize that it impacts your relationship with God. So what are we going to do about it? Here's the thing. Here's what we got to do. Because, I mean, if, if I'm a realist. I understand this. You're not just going to overcome your sin in a day or an hour or a minute. Okay? But you're going to need help. So here's what you need to do. Here's what you got to do. Here's your action point. Ask the Spirit to give you a sensitivity to your sin. It's got to start there. What do you mean by that, George? Well, I don't know about you, but uh, how many of you sin like I do? You know, it's just become such a part of your life, you don't even give any thought to it. It just happens. Now, everybody else sees it. But it becomes such a part of your life, you just do it. And you become desensitized to your own sin. And what you maybe need to do is say to the Spirit, Spirit, I need you to help me. Help me, first of all, to be sensitive to the sin in my life. Help me to be sensitive to what you hate in my life. Help me to be sensitive to what it is that I'm doing that disgusts you, that disappoints you. Help me to be sensitive. I think that's where we've got to begin this week, folks. And begin to realize that there are consequences to our behaviors.
and the way that we live our lives does disappoint God. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.